Okay, can you hear me back there? Okay, good. They can? Okay, so we have a list of questions, and, um, and so what I think is important uh, before we think about them is that, uh, as we said in there in the first three sessions we had, we, we, we said we never were going to get to the lists. And so, uh, you know, there's the word of wisdom is a spiritual gift and the word of knowledge. So uh, what, what is, like, I mean, I don't know, when you think of knowledge and you think of wisdom, what in your minds is the difference? And so now it, it's okay for me to ask questions in this environment too because uh, Paul, in, in helping the, the uh, Corinthians to properly uh, minister their gifts to one another, said that in a, in a large group like this in an assembly, there, there are many gifts. And so his point was that uh, one person was not to be doing all the speaking, that in fact uh, more than one was to be prophesying, others were to judge what was being said, and then if somebody was given something in the, com- in the, in the, in the meeting, that there was this opportunity for them now to speak. Do you get the, do you get the idea? And so um, I've always heard it said, and this has been helpful to me, knowledge is different than this. Knowledge is this idea of knowing the things the Word of God teaches, right? Knowledge is knowing what the Scriptures teach. Wisdom is being able to apply those things, right? And so uh, you've met people in your in your travels for sure who uh, had the gift of wisdom. They were able to take the Word of God and make it a practical in your life. And so, hey, that the assembly at Corinth with all of its problems never came behind in any gift. And so those gifts are here in this room. And... And so uh, what we'll try and do is we'll work through these things together. The point is this, that if you have a question, that's good. But if you also have a comment, we're going to leave it open for that as well. And, and we have, uh, in my experience, even in this environment or something similar to this, hey, there's often people sitting here today that are better qualified to answer some of these questions than I am, right? Uh, so you got that, the gift of knowledge, right? First Corinthians chapter 12, the gift of wisdom. And so we want to think about that. All right. Um, we'll start. I don't know if there's a... All right. Um, one question here is, what is the best way to discover my spiritual gift? And so we made the point first to desire... Uh, and, and that's more than once uh, mentioned. The Apostle Paul more than once mentions this idea of to d- desire. And then so then the question is how to discover. Well, um, my thought is that uh, while you're waiting to discover, just keep being busy in the things of the Lord. You know, And whatever your hand finds to do, uh, the Bible says to do that with all your might. And then eventually, it seems like your gift will make room for you. And so in my own experience, this is how uh, I feel like the Lord leads me, and it's just a personal example. Uh, I don't feel qualified to be here, right? I don't, um, and nor should I. It's the Spirit of God that would qualify anybody for any ministry or any uh, exercise of spiritual gift, but uh, I trust the leadership of others. Right, and so others have said, "Hey, well, could you do this?" I say, "If you think I, I, I'm the person for that, then if you believe that before the Lord, then I would try and do that." And so, um, what is the best way to discover uh, your spiritual gift? Will be obviously exercise, desire, study, pray, have spiritual people uh, in our lives that we can bounce things off of. We can talk about these things, and then allow others also as they 
uh, give you opportunity to minister in the body of Christ, trust that, hey, they're being spiritually led, right? Because there is this idea in the body of it all being connected together. So uh, what do you think about that? Who's got a comment about something along those lines? Malcolm. Say that again. Who's got a comment about these things? <laughs> about what? Specifically. Okay. Uh, what is the best way to discover my spiritual gift? Work at it. Okay, work at it. Work at it in the, in, in, in the, in the, in the con, you know, finds of the local assembly. Um, I'm a part of the body. It's going to uh, come to the front at what part I am, what, what, how God has fitted me okay. by action, interaction within the local body. Okay. I, I, as I continue steadfast in, or devote myself to the fellowship of the saints, to yeah. the teaching and so forth, it will soon... Okay, good. Good, okay, so who else has something to offer with regards to that? Michael. I'll just reemphasize what you said regarding asking uh, those around you that are spiritual, specifically the elders, you know, um, especially like you said, if you've been involved in the work, yeah. then you can ask those around you, yeah. again, those who are spiritual, yeah. and seek some feedback. Good, good. You know, um. I really appreciate uh, Brother John Phillips. John Phillips has lots of commentaries. Anybody familiar with his commentaries? Outstanding stuff. Um, I heard a story. It's my wife's favorite story with regards to John Phillips. Uh, he preached in Vancouver. Jabe was there, and he said it was he. Uh, John Phillips got up to the front and for an hour gave an outstanding overview of the Old Testament. Uh, Jabe said he was at the back standing with John as all the people were going out and. Uh, ooing and awing, and um, John Phillips' wife came up to him and she said to him, "So what, John? So what?" And uh, Jabe says it was like, a, you know, for John, what her point was is, "Hey, it's not about showing off or knowledge." Her point was, "Hey, um, how does it help to people what you know? Uh, who cares what you know? So what?" And and um, so Michael has said the idea of having people in your life. I'll tell you what we need is we need honest critics that love us. And so I'm thankful for my wife. She gives me a lot of so what, Rob, so what. So uh, we need people and not just to uh, you know, pander to what we hope, but say, hey, be honest with me. You know, what do you think about this? You know, what do you think about what I said or where the Lord has me and, and somebody who can be um, love us and be honest with us. So I think that's good. So. Uh, all right, so let's move on. Um, do I have to be in attendance at the assembly meetings to utilize my spiritual gifts? Well, we'll defer that to one of the elders of the assembly. Um, hey, that's a good question. Do I have to be uh, at the assembly to utilize my spiritual gifts? Well, I would say no. It's a spiritual gift for the body of Christ. Hey, the body of Christ is the same body. We belong to the same body as the Apostle Paul belonged to. It's in two separate bodies. And so we are connected, and this is what the Hebrew says, hey, you are connected not just to people who suffer in the local body, we are connected to um, every believer in the world. And so uh, I was just reading a, a book that was given to me yesterday, and... Um, and the brother was pointing out that, hey, what's called the, uh, some call this brethren movement, uh, 
Uh, you may not be familiar with it, but evangelical Christianity is familiar with men like John Nelson Darby. John Nelson Darby, many years ago, uh, reestablished the soon coming of the Lord Jesus, what we refer to now today as the rapture of the church. So that had been a doctrine that had been lost for a long time, it seems, and it wasn't much talked about. Well, he he discovered this from the study of the Word of God, and it started a, uh, what some have called a new movement. Well, hey, their point in the very beginning was how connected they were and how united they were to the body of Christ. Now, no, don't get me wrong, it didn't always continue that way. It got off track, but this is what their, the, the, the hearts of these men were at, that, that, hey, we are connected to everybody who loves the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not the Church of England. We're not the Anglican Church. We are connected to everybody who knows and loves the Lord Jesus. And so they understood this idea of the body. And so do I have to be uh, at... Uh, meetings to exercise my spiritual gift, I say no. But if that question is asked because uh, you're doing church at home, hey, you've got other issues, right? Malcolm, is that true? You have a verse that says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. So I don't suggest that's why uh, that question was asked. We, we want to be in the assembly. Hey, uh, the Lord Jesus lives within our heart. We understand that. We rejoice in that. Uh, you know, uh, John 14, uh, Tiernos Wilson said he came to discover that the triune God, not just that the Lord Jesus, not just the Holy Spirit, the triune God lives within him. So we rejoice in that truth. But at some level, in some way, the Lord Jesus Christ is present in the New Testament assembly. And so we gather to him. Now, it's by faith we understand that, but we come together, we want to be together because we love the Lord and he's here, right? Uh, Matthew 18, right? Two or three are gathered. So uh, we don't miss meetings and say we're doing church at home and exercising our gift out there, but absolutely our gift is to be used for the building up of the body of Christ wherever that is, right? And so there's lots of people in this town or this city. Is this a city or a town? City. It's a city that no one loved the Lord Jesus and we are connected to them, right? Okay, uh... Any comments on that? Yeah. Well, you just mentioned how to discover. Or you, most of the things that you mentioned would be within the confines of the local health. Right, right. Accountability and all those exactly. things that go along with being in a local local church fellowship. Good, okay, so they're connected together. So do I have to be in attendance? Um, all right, another question we have is, uh, can you explain once more the difference between a spiritual gift and a talent? And so, uh, there's lots of talent in the world. Do we agree? Yeah. I mean, that's how people do things they do, right? Whether it's, whether it's mental fortitude. Hey, these men were talented in their minds. They had a capacity to do things mentally that others couldn't do, right? Not everybody could be an Einstein, right? Thomas Edison. I mean, Thomas Edison had, uh, he said, I think he held 100 and, or 1,070 patents in his life, um, things he invented. Uh, hey, there's not many people like that around. So he was extremely talented. Did he know the Lord? Seems like, but uh, hey, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Brian, you know that? You say, no, he didn't. You never heard that he did, right? I never Right, he believed in he he believed in the Creator, that idea. But many of these men did, but didn't. That 
didn't necessarily mean that they knew the Creator, that they knew the Lord Jesus, but he had talent. And so uh, the difference between talent and spiritual gift, I would say again, the idea that uh, talent is something we're born with, that's, that's nurtured, that grows as we exercise it. And then, of course, a spiritual gift is something that happens at the new birth, right? And so I see how they're connected together. They both come from the Lord, both for the benefit of others, right? Talents, again, if we think about talents, are only only beneficial when they're used for others, right? That's even with regards to talent and spiritual gifts. So they have this, this in, in common, but a spiritual gift is something we receive at the new birth. That would be my point. Who has a comment on that? Can help us out. Has a word of wisdom on that? Okay, we'll have to start calling people out. If it's easy. <laughs> well, when it comes to the idea of, we were talking about ministry this morning, and, and talking about, let's say, there's a music ministry, somebody who's leading worship set to do music, yeah. and they're using their talent in that sense, in the name of a ministry, Yeah. how, how do you, when you hear people say, I'm, I have music ministry, right. I have that... Music is a talent, playing an instrument is a talent, singing is a talent. At what spiritual point leading the music does it become spiritual to say that you're doing a ministry using a talent? Right, okay, good, good, good. That's a good question. Actually, this one here is... Okay, okay, and so um, the difference between... Okay, well, I'll read this question and see if it works, Jason. Can music ministry be a spiritual gift? Is that is that what you're talking about? And that's his point. How do these two things tie together? How does music ministry or service tie together with spiritual gift? And now that hey, that's a, I mean that's a going for the juggler, right? I mean trying to get the preacher to make a commitment on that. Um, okay, I think of it this way: that in Romans chapter 12, there is uh, spiritual gifts followed by general responsibility. And so remember we talked about this carryover that uh, there are Christians who have the gift of of mercy, but all Christians should be merciful, right? So it's not, there's a difference somehow. Uh, Some Christians have the gift of helps, but all Christians should be helpful. So uh, is, is singing a talent or, or, or the ability to sing a, is it, a, is it a talent or a spiritual gift? Well, we clearly see it's a talent because lots of people who don't know the Lord sing and they're very skilled. Some of the most skilled musicians in the world are not believers. So we see that. So it's linked with talent. But I would say this. This idea of ministering song, in ministering to one another in song is under the category of general responsibility. And I'll give you a verse. Um, uh, Colossians chapter 3 Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved. Who is that? Jesus. Okay. As he is, so are we in the world. Right? Okay. We could say that of him, but we could also say that of ourselves, right? Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. 
Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Now again, this is a general thing, right? This is general responsibility, not spiritual gift. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. What's the next line? In It's there. That's not the next one. In psalms and hymns and spiritual song, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And so, uh, hey, singing is spiritual activity. A person could use their spiritual gift. Could they be connected? Well, I know there's some who say no, and they would be emphatic that uh, it's a talent. And I actually, uh, in working through this in my own life, I, I listened to a specific message, and the brother was emphatic that spiritual, uh, singing Uh, Music ministry was not a spiritual gift. But you know what's interesting to me is that uh, it was just in a message that he said that. And then I read um, uh, Mr. Zodiotis, and he has, as I said, he has about 600 or, I don't know, 700 pages on just on 1 Corinthians 12. It's a scholarly work. And, uh, hey, most of it's beyond me, but he wouldn't believe that. And so I, I say this. He has thought through these things. At the very least, this man has worked through these things from the original language and so he doesn't take that dogmatic view that no, it couldn't be. And, and that's the point you know, that these gifts, uh, every one of them that we have, it's a unique gift to us. And so it's a compilation of all of them. And so uh, the point, uh, ministering to one another in the context of general responsibility, we shall all be doing it. But then uh, could a man who has the gift of exhortation could he use that in song? Could that be his presentation? Well, Father, you believe that, right? And so I say, I, I, I hear that. I say, I believe that too. I believe that could be that. How we, that's how that could be how he uh, ministers his gift of exhortation. But he understands this, right? That there's a difference between able to play the guitar and the gift of exhortation, right? You were born with the ability to play the guitar, but the ex- gift of exhortation is from the Lord. Any comments? Because that's a controversial subject. What do you think about that? Who's got a comment? Brian. Brian said, this is Rose Rob. Now it's Brian's turn. What do you say, Brian? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think when, we, when you're trying to discriminate between these two things, there are people in this world that are very merciful. But the gift of mercy is, is like, is like you mentioned, is spiritual. So you can identify that that is something that comes from above. Right. I mean, all things really come from above. But when you think about um, music or something, any other talent... If you see the non-believing world, it's not a spiritual gift, I right. would say. Right? Right. It's, it's just out there. It's a talent that comes from God. Yeah. But something that directly that, uh, is a spiritual gift, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, it comes from the spirit way. Right, and so that could be the vehicle. Would we agree with the idea that it could be the vehicle with which we minister that spiritual gift? Right, okay, okay. So I think that's helpful. What do you think, Malcolm? I was just going to add to that that in general, in the uh, Christian music world, as is in the general music world, it's more of an entertainment aspect and and an advancement of self, whereas the... In the body of Christ, I, that gift that the Lord has given me is for the building up of yep. others. I'm to pass it on. Yeah. To pass it on and to miniature in a spiritual way. Yeah. Not a carnal or emotional way. Right. I know we're not rocks. We, we do have feelings. We do have emotions. But sometimes 
that 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 uh, that specific uh, ministry can can minister more to the emotional yeah. carnal side of me, yeah. which is more the advancement of uh, of self or. Uh, not not really in a spiritual way, and I know there's a balance there. It's up to each individual right. to right. find that, but it certainly can be used to to uh, minister yeah. or, or to build up others right. in our most holy right. faith. Right. But it's, made, it's there to give away, right? Yeah. Yeah. Giving away to to advance or build up spiritually. Right. right. Good. And so, um, uh, just the caution, Malcolm's caution to the idea. And it's good because uh, music is one we come back to often. I was uh, years ago sitting beside a uh, man who had been to another country who was uh, been down there working as a musician and and um, led into spiritual conversation. I said, you know, isn't it interesting in the Bible that that's what that you know that's what Lucifer did in heaven was lead the choir. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, what? You didn't know that? And he goes, that's not. And I said. Actually, I'm pretty sure that's what the Bible says. And so, well, in fact, we look at it and it's true, right? This is what he was responsible to do. So, uh, again, we don't let the devil uh, take things away from us, which he tries to do. Uh, but there's a caution to that gift of music because of the flesh. But then again, we would add to that, hey, the flesh can manifest itself anywhere in the assembly, right? It's just as easy for the flesh to manifest itself from the pulpit as on the guitar. Uh, the caution is uh, that music uh, touches us in the emotion, right? And it's true. Uh, hey, uh, Horatius Spafford, is that a spiritual song? No. Yes. Yes, that's a spiritual song, right? It is well with my soul. Yeah, yeah, it's a spiritual song. And so he ministered to people in song. Hey, and you know, uh, D.L. Moody, who, who he was going to visit, understood the power of song in their gospel ministry, right? I mean, he had Iris Anki and, uh, and Moody would say, hey, many of the people that, that they gave him credit for for being converted, he said, were converted before he ever got preaching from the pulpit. They were converted through Mr. Sankey's spiritual song. So, again, the caution, right? But we need to be cautioned. Go ahead, Brian, welcome. I was going to add, or, or, uh, uh, enhance that a little bit. Just by means of observation, there's been many... Uh, musically talented individuals that have gone into the entertainment world on the Christian side that yeah. have ended up falling because yeah. of the advancement of self and so forth. But by the same token, like you said, that happens in uh, so-called preachers too. Yeah. They they're, they're they're full of themselves and they end up being yeah. swelled up with pride. Yeah. Uh, I think the verse that talks about that. Uh, the snare of the devil and yeah. the pride that enters in and causes great yeah. Yeah. damage to the yeah. individual's yeah. life. So yeah. and and for others too, churches have fallen apart because of that. So yeah. both sides, it, yeah. it could work. Both the the the, uh, the ministry, as we would know it from the word, a, yeah. a gifted minister, or yeah. if he's trying to minister in music. Yeah, yeah, and that's good. And so uh, I think it's important. Uh, remember Alexander Marshall, who is a great gospel. Preacher, uh, he was responsible for coming across our, uh, basically the center of North America, and saw a lot, hundreds of churches established in the early days. And he was an evangelist, and his comment was, "Evangelists, you know what they need to be? They need to be deep in the scriptures. And so, if you're going to minister in any area or any capacity in the in the assembly, we need to be students of the Word of God. You know, uh, the Bereans. What was their what was their so-called uh, commendation from from the from the apostle? What was the Berean that they searched the scriptures? Was that man? 
It was men and women. That's what it says. So sisters. I, I remember uh, brother preached in our area. Jack Hunter was a great, great Bible teacher. He said when he had a theological problem, he used to go home to the assembly in Glasgow and talk to a sister. She was able to straighten him out on his deep theological questions. He said she was a student of the Word of God. She studied the Bible not to preach in the assembly, but to know God. And that's the purpose of all study. His point was, listen, brethren, if you're studying to preach, you're studying for the wrong reason. We study to know the Lord. And so... If you're going to minister, uh, if we want to minister through song, we need to be deep in the Word of God, right? It has to be deep theology. And hey, that's part of the challenge with some of the stuff today is there's not even, it's not even weak theology, it's it's not good theology, right? But so, I, uh, that's a tough one. Um, can a sister who has the gift of teaching, no, sorry, if a sister has the gift of teaching, when and where can she teach? Michael? It's, it, uh, you have to answer it because it's your wife's writing. No, it's not. I don't know. What if she writes? Can you, can you identify? I might be able to. Oh, good. Um, everywhere. Everywhere. Right? Except where when the assembly comes together in the public format, right? And so, hey, this, this, this dilemma has been worked through. This is why uh, when it comes to Sunday school, we understand this idea that Sunday school is something in addition to the assembly. We do it at the same time, but it's separate. And so uh, we trust that, that the sisters who are teaching our children have the gift of teaching, right? They do. And so somehow the elders... Uh, the leadership in the local assembly has established that, and so they have that opportunity uh, to teach in their home. Uh, I told you a story about Jack Hunter. His The sister was teaching him in her house. And so uh, there are specific uh, ways, uh, spheres of ministry that the Lord Jesus gives, but it's not there, right? It's not there. And so we have... Uh, a couple of verses, or you know them well, we don't have to read them, uh, that that's not the place, but everywhere else besides that. Is that, what do you think? Malcolm. I was just going to say, when uh, a great preacher came through in the Bible named Apollos, he uh, spoke and taught the Word of God, but he was taken aside after he preached by Aquila and... Priscilla. Priscilla, and they expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. All he knew about was the yeah. baptism of John. They yeah. had to refine his teaching. She was involved in that, yeah. so she assisted in, hey, did you know that Jesus came? Yeah. So she, she was part of that. Yeah. And you know, when they're mentioned in the Bible, it's mentioned Priscilla, Aquila, sometimes it's Aquila, Priscilla, and Aquila. It, yeah. it, it, I yeah. just said it wrong. But anyway, one yeah. or the other, yeah. the reverse. It's reversed, yeah. So, so and that's very important. Absolutely. Yeah. So everywhere else but there, right? Right. Good, okay. And so uh, we submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You know, um, uh, you know, we often hear, you know, we, we touched on that last week, that 1 Corinthians 11, this is what Paul is dealing with. And so, uh, um, you know, that there's a fairness to Paul's argument that, that men need to have their heads uncovered 
and women need to have their heads covered. And so women need to be silent, but men need to speak. And so uh, I remember another preacher came to our area and he said, Brethren, if you are not exercised in the assembly, especially in the Lord's Supper, and you're silent, you're taking the place of a sister. We never hear that much mentioned, but it's serious. And so, hey, man, we need to be spiritually exercised. And so, yes, we talk about how women shouldn't speak, and that's because that's the Lord's command. But at the same time, men are commanded to have their heads uncovered and to stand up and speak. And that's why we like this brother, right? <laughs> no, but what do you think about that? Maybe that's a little too controversial. Malcolm, is that okay? Right? Men need to speak. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Yes, right. they should speak. Right, and so it's not this idea that women don't worship. Hey, we all worship in that meeting, some audibly and some inaudibly, right? All the prayers get to the same place. Sadly, sometimes those prayers that are audible maybe don't get past the ceiling, but... Regardless, there's lots that could be said about that. Uh, the gift of teaching everywhere but there. Okay, anybody else? Comments on that down there? Hey, David's here now. When David gets here, it will all be sort of fixed, I think. He's here now. Okay. Well, that's the questions that were written out. Um, question was asked to me in the, at the lunch break about, uh, you know, the uh, talents. Can the Lord take that talent and apply a spiritual gift to that? I thought it was uh, insightful. Again, to quote Mr. Zodiotis, he would have a leaning that way a little bit. I have uh, know what I used to think, but I'm not sure I think that anymore. And so I'd say, yeah, there, I see this idea that, listen, this is what the Lord is require, requiring of us, that the whole person is put on the altar. Spiritual gift and spiritual talent. You know, again, quoting D.L. Moody, he said that the world has yet to see a man that is fully uh, consecrated to the Lord. And you know, that comes from a man that, uh, you know, preached to a million plus souls in his life. And so he was saying that people need to be fully consecrated to the things of God. And so my talents and my spiritual gifts, whatever they are, on the altar to the Lord, right? Any thoughts or comments? Yeah. Oh, sorry, go down here. That's actually the way Paul begins the topic of gifts in Romans 12, right? Okay, go ahead. Let's hear that. He said, you know, after all this presentation of the gospel, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And then that's his introduction leading into the various gifts that God has given. So, you know, the warning we received earlier about how the flesh can enter in and take away from the proper use of a gift, that's for any of the gifts. Right. Right? And that's exactly why this is the prerequisite, right? For all of us, we need to make sure that we're yeah. presenting ourselves, all of ourselves, to the Lord yeah. so that He can be the one who's leading and guiding by his spirit. And so whatever ministry, whatever gift we're involved in using, it'll be bathed by his spirit and in the right use. Amen. Good. Excellent. Sister, you had it. Yeah, um, I think you touched on this earlier, but when God allows trials in our life, um, a lot of ministries start as a result of a you know, trial that mm-hmm. touches you personally. Mm-hmm. So my question is, how do you 
is there is there a way to bridge that gap between what God has allowed in your life so that you can reach others and your spiritual gifts? Okay, so um, repeat the question. We us. need to repeat the question. So say it to me again. I've got it, but I just want to be clear on it. So my question is: Is there a way to bridge the gap between when, when the Lord allows trials in our lives, yep. um, upon which many ministries are started, yes, you know, because of personal trials? Um, how do we bridge? Is, is there some sort of a bridge between? what you've now gone through like you know yep. with the example of it is well with my soul right and your spiritual gift good good okay so the question is uh, trials and suffering come into our lives and often um, the Lord uses those things to establish a ministry and so is there a way to make a transition from that ministry to the spiritual gift and how do these things tie together I mean that's an excellent question um, well, okay, I guess we'd think of first, I mean, we could read, let's read, uh, let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and we'll see, first of all, that the, uh, the whole concept is biblical. Uh, he says, Paul says, it's the beginning of the epistle, chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And so that's your point, right? Uh, I experience a tragedy in my life. The Lord uh, comforts me through it. And then he opens the door for me to comfort somebody else with the comfort I've been comforted in. So whatever it is, hey, whatever you're going through... uh, uh, others have gone through it. Thousands have gone through it in the past and it will continue to happen, right? So whatever it is, others are experiencing your tragedy or your heartache, whatever that is. And so that's the point. God comforts you and then you're able to comfort others. So uh, now as to the gift. Well, we, I, I think about um, this example worked out in, in, in Peter's life. You know, the Lord said to Peter, uh, Peter, you're going to deny me. Of course, we know the story. Peter says, no, I never will. Others will. I won't. And the Lord says, when you're restored, comfort your brethren or or restore or convert your brethren. Uh, And so the Lord gave to Peter because of this tragedy, um, this tragedy, he gave him a ministry of comfort or really of restoration. Peter had experienced restoration and so the Lord gave him that opportunity to be involved in a restoring ministry. Um, We had it read to us, uh, I guess it was Acts 3, I think last Sunday, was it? Brian, is that where we read the, uh, he denied the Holy One and the Just or was that the... Yeah, he denied him. And so it's interesting, Peter uses the word denied twice in his first message, or second message, and and you think somebody might say, hey, Peter, I thought you denied the Lord. He said, well, I did, but I've been washed and I've been clean, I've been restored. You know, C.H. McIntosh makes the comment that uh, we, 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 we sell the message of restoration in half measures, right? You know, hey, there isn't an assembly anywhere that would have let Peter be the preacher in Acts chapter 2 after what he just did a month before. Right? I mean, it would be like, hey, you got to, Peter, you can still be in the assembly, but you got to work in the kitchen and come and see us in a couple of years and we'll see how you're doing and then maybe you can preach again. Well, hey, the Lord picked him at Pentecost to preach. 
right? And so restoration is not in half measures with God, it's in full measure. And so Peter restored, and he proves that to us by now using that same word. So you come to his epistles, and he, he continues this principle. Hey, was Lot a righteous man? Yes. You sure wouldn't get that from the Old Testament. Who tells you that? Peter? He's able to recover something from Lot's life that's a help to us. Lot was vexed in his righteous soul every day while he lived in Sodom. Uh, Sarah, was she a, a woman of faith? Well, I mean, the Lord himself uh, challenges her on her laughing, but Peter's able to recover something out of her life, right? He says, you know, she was a, she called Abraham Lord. I mean, that's a great verse. I always tell my wife that verse. But she's got other ones that are her favorite. It's not her favorite yet. But I said, even though I know it's a little L, but let's start somewhere, you know? But um, anyways... Uh, the point is that, that Peter was able to recover something out of these people's lives and it was because of how he'd been impacted, right? He was the man for that job because he'd experienced the restoring power of the Lord. So that's what Paul's talking about in 2 Corinthians. So as to gifts, I don't see uh, how they're separated. You experience tragedy, the Lord comforts you, then he gives you that same ministry to comfort others, right? So I don't, I know, comments about that? That's a, that's a difficult one, but... No? Anybody? Anybody want to take that on or add something to that? Okay. All right, what else? Is that it? Good, okay. Oh, Michael, come on. Help me again with Acts 6. What was your point or explain again? Serving tables, ministering the Word. Same. What were you saying? The same. That serving tables is ministering the Word? That's equivalent of in that passage. That, you know, this idea, we think of ministers as those who, the world thinks of ministers, those who minister the Word. Mm -hmm. But in Acts chapter 6, they're the, both the same word. Serving tables is the same ministry of the Word. And so, it's spheres of service there. The apostles were given for the teaching of the Word and for prayer. That was their sphere, right? Their sphere of service. It was no less important than serving the tables. In fact, the work of God progresses through the serving of the tables. I'm not saying that it was independent of the, pro, uh, the apostles' teaching and praying, but that's where, where we make this transition to, hey, all those priests coming to faith are believing in the Lord Jesus, right? So uh, the point is that, that um, it's more needful, those things, actually. That seems to be, uh, biblically speaking, what would build a work as we serve one another, not in the capacity... What are those things? Uh, okay, well, uh, I guess we would say this. Uh, uh, generally speaking, that service is meeting the physical needs of others, right? That's what it seems to be there. And so uh, I have a friend who's a doctor in, uh, in our area, and uh, he, he, he wrote his... Um, his thesis at medical school in Koinonia, Greek, University of British Columbia, and they had to send his thesis out to get it, uh, get it interpreted because nobody read Koinonia, Greek at the University of British Columbia, and there's a lot of skilled people and languages there. And so this is just where he was at. Uh, when he was 12 years old, his, um, his uh, school teacher sent a, a letter home to his parents with concern that he was doing too much homework and they felt like he was going to be... Uh, going to affect the rest of his life. He needed to back off on the homework. He had a picture of a U.S. president on his wall in his bedroom when he was 12 and he was a Canadian. I mean, he's, 
anyways, the point is, intellectually, he's, he's beyond uh, most normal people. He was going to be a specialist, and then he decided to become a general practitioner. And, um, and people said, you know, you've got to specialize. You gotta, his university professor was disappointed. He was going to go into the medical field, wanted to stay in the arts. And, and um, anyways, the point is, when he became a general practitioner, it was for the, for the purpose of, of meeting people and working in the gospel. And he said to me one time, Rob, that patient who just left came here to pray. Uh, he said, when I first met her, when I first met her, I, I diagnosed her and I said, you know, I, it's not a physical ailment. You know, I think it's a broken heart. And he said, and, and I don't have a cure for that, but I'll tell you what I can do is we can pray together. And I think that'll help you. And so he said she'd come back to pray again because she just didn't know where to go to, to uh, be ministered to. And so uh, when we say the ministering of tables is... is uh, is meeting the needs of people. And so it's food, it's friendship, it's love, it's kindness, it's all of those things that are under the category of general responsibility, I think. Right? What do you think about that? I was just confused because I thought you were saying that the ministering of tables is the same exact thing as ministering oh. the Word of God. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, okay. Maybe that was okay. So what we want to do, what I, if I have a chance to say that again, I would say equal in importance in equal Acts in chapter 6. There's no distinction. What's equal in importance? So the ministering to, of tables in Acts 6 and the ministry of the Word. It's spheres of service. And so the apostles did not think of their job as more important. Right? They didn't. They understood that it took all of these things. So they, they, the qualifications were the same. Look out from among, among you men full of the Holy Spirit. If they thought it was a secondary job, it would, hey, just get, hey, pick any six you want or seven you want. Doesn't matter. No, the qualifications were the same for both jobs, responsibilities. Okay, and you already asked your tough one, so if this is an easy one. No, I have another question. When you talk about. Um, General responsibility. Yes. Yes, we're all called to be merciful and helpful, yep. mm -hmm. um, and prayer warriors mm -hmm. and all these things. Mm -hmm. However, it's clear that there's some people that have this ability mm -hmm. in a much greater capacity than right. others. Right. Right. So, wouldn't that lend itself to the con to the thought that that might be their spiritual gift mm -hmm. because they are far more superior in that? than the average Christian. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, okay, so those people, those people that, um, you know, that all call to be merciful, helpful, but there's those people who have a spiritual gift for it and so they're more merciful or helpful, whatever that is. And so I think, again, uh, that the Ephesians 4 that we talked about this morning, that the evangelist actually, the man who's been gifted as the evangelist equips the saints for their ministry. And so uh, let's think about a, an uh, illustration of that. George Mueller felt, while well, he didn't himself say he had the gift of faith, others said that of him, but his purpose was that uh, he could ask God for great things so that God could be exalted and the saints could be encouraged. And so he felt like if he could, he could uh, trust the Lord to feed uh, 10,000 orphans that um, the saints could trust the Lord to feed themselves for the day. You know, that concept. And so uh, I think that's how the gifts work. So the gifts that are given are to help the body. And so that person who has a, a gift of mercy on a, on, a, on a biblical scale, whatever that looks like, helps me to be merciful maybe in a small way. And you've seen that. You've seen uh, 
uh, you've gone uh, maybe on the doors with uh, Tim Hood. Has anybody ever gone on the doors with Tim Hood? <laughs> hey, when you do it, you think, man, I could do this. Tim's not that smart. <laughs> and hey, listen, if he was here, he would say the same thing about me, so that's okay. I know Tim. But no, hey, Tim's very good at that. And so, But it's all... Uh, stuff that you could learn and so as he does it I'm like man I'm encouraged to do it so uh, I think that's how the gifts work and so they're building into the lives of others and as you see these people that have this gift you say I could be merciful on some level I can help others and, and that concept how about comments on that Michael you're, now you're good Michael, if you have any other questions, you can ask Jessica at home. Okay. I don't have no more questions. To go back to what you were talking about, the ministry and the serving the tables, it almost seems like the apostles were doing that before. Yeah, and good, it, okay. And it just got too big that they had to. Right, right, I like that. Else, so yeah, yeah, good. It's indicated that they were doing that. Before. Right, good, good. That's a good point. And it would make sense, hey, the Apostle Paul. I mean, I love this. Um, I love this 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 passage in Acts when he he lands on the Isle of Melita and and he notices that these these barbarians show him unusual kindness. And so that's the word that the barbarians showed unusual kindness. And so the Apostle Paul, all these people are soaking wet, and um, he knows God is working. And so what does he do? He starts, you know, getting logs and throwing them onto the fire to create heat, and that's where the viper comes from. And so he he was that kind of person, right? You don't you you think, man, that's what he was doing for sure. That's a good point, Brian. I like that. You've exhausted my understanding of gifts. I'll have to try and learn more and come back in three or four years, and I'll go home and read a book. Good. Okay. Is that is that it? Good. Well, thanks for your participation and um, and um, giving us ones we could at least work through together. Uh, yeah, Malcolm, can you pray for us? Sure. Okay. Our Father, we are grateful this afternoon for such a wonderful subject, and we are overwhelmed as we think that the Triune God would look on us as individuals and not only grant the gift of God, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, but would bestow upon us spiritual gifts to build up his, his, the, the body of Christ. We marvel at such a thing, mm. oh God. And, and we are concerned, though, that we would all take to heart this most important subject and seek to, to desire and to uh, discover uh, what, what that gift is so we can stir it up and, 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 and fan into flame that gift so it could be used aright amongst the body of Christ. And we want to use it properly that we don't lose it as we've been challenged. We thank you for the wonder that one day soon, perhaps today, we will give an account at the judgment seat of Christ, at the bema to come. And we want to have something that will last. So help us in this particular area, this particular subject, to take serious the matter that you have given to us as your children something spiritual, something that we don't deserve, a gift, but to use to others to build them up and to uh, see them encouraged and go on in their service uh, in, in within the body of Christ. So we thank you for the wonder of it all, the privilege to be called out of this world 
unto yourself. We, we bless you for it. Thank you for Brother Rob being with us, and we just want to uh, commend him to you and his wife, Cindy, as they are with us just another day or so, and then on their way back, we thank you for their visit. We just pray that we all might take to heart what we have heard today. We give you our thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.